This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Welcome into Jets at Noon. I'm Tyson Rewicki in for Cam Poitras. Jim Toth is away today. Hope you feel better, JT. So we are riding solo today, but we got some help on the way. We got some reinforcements. Someone will be joining us very shortly to kind of tee up this Leafs-Jets rematch. And if you wanted a free-for-all Friday, well, this is the exact definition of a free-for-all Friday. We got backups stepping in. We got backups to the backups. It's never a dull moment here at 201 Portage. But we're going to have a lot of fun, and we want you to be a big part of it. So send in your text now to 204-780-6868. Whatever you want to chat about, I want to chat about. After the 1230 news, it's just you and me. So help a brother out. We need some content, but in the meantime, we're going to tee up that Saturday tilt between the Jets and Leafs. And speaking of backups, this guy might be filling in today, but he's got starter material written all over him on short notice after a full shift. You might have heard him at the top and bottom of every hour this morning. CJOB Skyler Peters. Skyler, what's going on, my man? What's up, man? I don't know if you're the backup goalie and I'm the uh, the e bug today, or or the other. I, I think I'm the e bug if I'm getting the uh, the call from you. But uh, yeah, it's good to chop it up, man. Feels like a playoff game tomorrow with the Leafs in town, back to back, obviously. And uh, you know, it's a game that a lot of people are pretty fired up about. So happy to be on. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And on just on that e bug backup situation, I have no idea who's who. We're <laughs> we're 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 winning it by the seat of our pants right here. But the Jets hit practice, hit the, hit the ice for practice today. And we had some good news at the start, Skyler. Mark Shifley, Gabe Velarde, and Josh Morrissey all took part, or all started the practice on the ice with the Jets, wearing regular jerseys. Velarde and Shifley were back on the top, top line with Kyle Connor. Morrissey was back on his usual top pairing spot with Dylan DeMello. But around oh, just a little bit over halfway through practice, the Jets were starting to work on the power play a little bit. And Mark Shifley was on the bench talking to Rick Bonus, And he wasn't involved with the power play practice, which is a little bit concerning. He wasn't available to speak to the media after practice. So his, his status is definitely up in the air for Saturday's game. But I just wanted to ask you first, Skyler, if you were Rick Bonus, would you have risked playing Shifley, Velarde, and Morrissey, knowing that you just have one more game before a long break coming up? Yeah, I I think this, and, you know, with the outset of the Mark Shifley injury, I think maybe when, uh, you know, he joined the plane for that road trip out east there, um, there was some hope that he might get back, you know, even for the Boston game. I think that was maybe the expectation from some fans out there. And uh, Rick Bonus just speaking to the media that he will not play tomorrow. Uh, that's coming down from Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun on Twitter. So uh, we know no number 55 now uh, tomorrow. And uh, I said it to you earlier, like Mark Shifley in a 10 day break doesn't, those two things don't really compute. We know that guy's probably going to be on the ice for this, uh, this bye week and all-star break for the Jets and, and skating around and all that good stuff anyway. Um, but you know, yeah, play the long game. It should be nice to get them out for Toronto, but at the end of the day, you're playing an Eastern conference opponent. You're not going to see these guys again until June. If you do, uh, in a Stanley cup final situation, uh, you know, these are two point games, not four point games. Obviously every win is important to have, and you want to put your best lineup out there, but, uh, you know, it just kind of sucks that you're playing a top flight team two games in a row at this juncture of the season with the, with the bye week coming up. And, uh, you know, it's just an opportunity, I think to, you know, turn, 
two one and a half week breaks into you know two two and a half weeks off straight for Mark Scheifele, and this is going to be the healthiest Jets lineup uh, of the season, obviously, when they return from the All Star break, uh, I believe, on February sixth. Yeah, and also like these guys are f- coming from Toronto. Like a lot of these guys playing were born in Ontario. We saw we, we all remember the Logan Stanley viral moment after that game against Toronto. Like that, this is a game that means a lot to these guys, even though it's not in the same conference and it's not even a playoff game at all. But like you mentioned, these games have that playoff atmosphere. And even in the game against Toronto, it had that playoff atmosphere, but the crowd wasn't into it, which kind of surprised me a little bit besides those Sam Sonov chants when he made a big save. But how much do you think that affects Toronto's style of play, the way the Jets are playing right now? And what do you think that means for the Maple Leafs moving forward? Well, I think, you know, what, and I've kept a good eye on the Leafs. Well, I think every Canadian hockey fan obviously has because it's kind of forced down your throats at times. But, um, you know, over the last five, six years with this core that they've had, and I feel like the pressure is almost a little bit lower this year. Um, you know, they got over the hump with the first-round playoff win, and obviously the expectations are a lot higher for this team that employs, uh, you know, soon five of the biggest cap hits in the league amongst forwards and and uh, all that, and we all know all that. But it, it, it kind of felt like in Toronto, like there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on them, you know, for one of the best teams in the league, team from the Western Conference, you know, a, a team that I don't think a lot of Leafs fans are necessarily fond of coming into their building on Wednesday night and, you know, I didn't have a ton of juice at Scotiabank Arena. And I actually looked at the ticket prices that day. You could get a, a ticket at Scotiabank Arena for cheaper on Wednesday night than you could have uh, tomorrow night here at Canada Life Centre. So all that talk about attendance, ticket sales, that sort of thing, throw it out the window on Saturday night because it's uh, a game that's been sold out for quite some time. I think already two weeks there hasn't been a ticket uh, available in the building tomorrow night downtown. And, you know, I think the, the pressure is kind of almost off this Leafs team. And obviously the Jets don't want to go into the break on a three-game skid. I don't think, you know, anybody's going to be clamoring for Kevin Chevalier to hit the phones and shake it up or anything like that if they do drop this one tomorrow. But, you know, it seems like a team that's kind of playing free and, and you know, their issues are well-documented. And as long as Ilya Samsonov can kind of keep this rebound, I think it's kind of almost playing with house money as they await the return of, of Joseph Wool. But, uh, you know, Samsonov clearly is the key uh, to whether the Leafs can stay competitive against good teams here in the meantime. Yeah, and you mentioned that sold-out crowd that's going to be at Canada Life Centre. It's going to be a playoff atmosphere. The crowd's going to be outrageous. And I can't help but wonder if the way the penalties shook out last game against Toronto, they get the four consecutive, and then the Jets get two at the end there. I mean, you hope that it's not this way, but refs are people too, and it just plays in the back of your mind that they could, the Jets, quote-unquote, for lack of a better term, kind of got a little bit screwed in the, in the penalty department. I don't think that's the case, but let's just use that terminology. If the Jets are getting power plays in this game, it was, it's been such a problem for the team over the last little bit. Are there anything, any changes that you want to see to the Jets' power play, whether it's moving players to different positions, moving players off different units? Like, What do you want to see from this power play on Saturday? I don't, I don't think status quo is necessarily a bad thing for the Jets' power play personnel-wise Saturday. Just with the break coming up and then obviously the expected change to make is that you're going to get the trio of Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, and Gabriel Velarde back uh, for the first time since October Freak and 17th. Man. Like, this is a long time that a first-place team has not had a top line. They've played 27 minutes together at 5-on-5 five five this season, and the Jets are still tops of the Central Division uh, and among the top teams in the Western Conference. So I think it kind of feels like it's a help-on-the-way sort of thing. Um, you know, I've, I've been a, a bit more pleased with the special teams myself, especially the penalty kill over the last three, four games. It's looked a little bit better, but... I mean, just it's kind of tough timing to, you know, as I said, even with getting Mark Shifley back and what he does to the team as a whole, 
especially when it comes to the power play, because you know that shakeup's coming on the top unit. And, you know, anyone who watched uh, those first couple of games of the season and the preseason, uh, when they were zipping it around both five on five at the power play, 82.6% expected goals, that top uh, line when it's all said and done, healthy team, uh, it's pretty nuts. So, I, you know, I, I feel like we're going to have to kind of wait and see. And it sucks that it's going to be the second week of February when we finally see kind of the fruits of Kevin Sheveldayoff's labor come to fruition, you know, for more than a week at a time. But um, that's kind of where I'm at with the power play. What about you? Yeah, no, there's a couple things I'd, I'd like to see change. I know that you got to get going because uh, we're, we're running up on, on our first commercial break here. But yeah, there's a couple things I wanted to see change. I wouldn't mind seeing Cole Perfetti kind of move on that right on the right wall there and kind of operate from there and have him run the power play for a little bit. I think he's got the skill and the playmaking ability to be a power play quarterback on that side, kind of like a guy like Claude Giroux. But I don't know. It's it, it's tough when you don't have your full lineup ready and they they still won't likely for that game with Mark Scheifele miss or he will be missing the game. So they still won't have that full lineup. But before you go, Skyler, quickly, you and I both like to lay a little bit of dough every now and then, especially on a weekend, right? What's your prediction? Tickets Saturday, man. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to assume anything. It is one hundred percent true. <laughs> What's your prediction for Saturday's game? Well, I, I think the Jets even the season series at home. Um, certainly, I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. Ilya Samsonov, by the way, in four games against the Winnipeg Jets, both with Washington and now Toronto, nine seventy save percentage. Wow, which is <laughs> which is a bit of a problem. And and four games isn't like a tiny sample size it's certainly small but he's proven it over three different seasons with two different teams now so i don't know what it is about the jets that gets this guy fired up but you know he plays his best so uh i'd say you know tickling the under is probably the right play obviously connor hellebuck's going to be in net uh well rested connor hellebuck and, and at his best as he usually is in those situations and i jet squeak out a close one maybe it's a big power play goal i think they're gonna have to probably be perfect on the penalty kill in a low scoring game uh hopefully there's not too many opportunities for the leafs uh, big guys to do some damage on the man advantage but i could certainly see it like three one with an empty net for either team uh, but obviously hoping the the jets kind of ride that home wave on uh, and get out on top i love the three one bet i might, might have to tell you on that <laughs> but uh, i know you got some self-care booked so i uh, will let you go skylar thanks for for hopping on on short notice Really appreciate my man. Take take care and have a great weekend. Hey, this is uh, this is self care too. Talking puck with you, brother. <laughs> Any anytime. Good way to get the weekend started. Awesome. Well, that's Skyler Peters from CJOB's own Skyler Peters, and just a uh, just a great guy overall. Uh, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back with more Jets at noon in just a moment. And when we come back, we got some dirty hits to talk in the NHL yesterday. Two game misconducts. One I thought was insanely dirty. One I'm a little bit iffy about. Keep those texts coming on whatever you want. It's free for all Friday after all. And we're going to take phone calls and read some texts after the 1230 news. And we'll be right back here on 680 CJOB. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Thank you, Jeff. You got any plans for the game this Saturday or? Oh, yes. No, I'll be, I, I'm starting a goalie. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would pay top dollar to see that. The only plan I've made for this weekend is when to have my nap. Okay. That's all there is to it. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that was Jeff Braun. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Welcome back to Jets at noon. I'm Tyson Rewicki filling in for Cam Poitras. Jim Toll's feeling a little bit under the weather today. So I hope you feel better, Jim. 
And filling it, so filling in for Jim was, well, it's you today. Send those texts in, 204-780-6868. You can call us, too, at the exact same number. You can text us about literally anything about the Jets or the NHL or the NBA or the NFL. We will take all texts. It's free-for-all Friday, after all, and I will try to do my best to get to as many as possible. And we do have a couple texts already. We got Steve here saying, if Gallagher gets only five games, then the NHL proves they aren't serious. I, I, I'm I with you here, Steve. I, I don't see how the NHL really doesn't come down hard on this Gallagher hit. And I mean, they've already waived the right to have an in-person hearing with him. So that means that the suspension is going to be at max five games. It's, it's as cheap as an elbow as you're going to get. And if, like you mentioned, if they're serious about taking players' health serious, then they would do the right thing and give him a hefty suspension, even though he's not necessarily a repeat offender. Repeat offender, to me, is kind of a cop-out for the NHL because, I mean, it shouldn't really matter if a guy's a repeat offender. If a hit's dirty, it's dirty, regardless of doing it. But thanks for the text, Steve. We got another text here from an unnamed texter. Great throwback, the mother of all elbows. No suspension, just a $500 fine. Wow. I did not know that there was no suspension there. And I'm, I really, if you guys want to check it out, it's, it's crazy that there wasn't a suspension there. So thanks for that. Uh, we got Frazier saying, guys, on the subject of face-offs, recently Chevy may be looking at a guy like Lindholm or Monaghan. Lindholm's a pending free agent at five and a half, currently third best in the league at face-offs. He, Frazier wants to make a move for Elias Lindholm where they make an offer that they can't, re, uh, can't refuse. And I don't mind that thinking, Frazier. I'm a little hesitant on a guy like Elias Lindholm, who, like you mentioned, he's had a great face-off percentage this year, but he's not necessarily the player that he was when he was putting up those big numbers with Goudreau and Kachuk. I, I'm a little bit worried about that, and I just don't know about the likelihood of him re-signing in Winnipeg. Now, if they talk to Calgary and they're allowed to talk to Elias Lindholm and they grant him permission to negotiate a contract before a deal is made, then sign me up. And uh, your text, Frazier... Thanks for the text, by the way, but your fr- your text also kind of triggered something in me that I don't hate the idea of Kevin Dayoff really going in and going all out this trade deadline. I mean, this team has a really stacked prospect pool, and when we look at the forward prospects especially, there's a lot of guys out on that in that pool that could really attract some teams. And we kind of look at the, the outlook for this team going forward, and... I don't know where there's a fit for all these guys because we're looking at Rucker McGordy, Colby Barlow, Brad Lambert, Nikita Chibrikov. Like all four of those guys are probably going to be wingers at the NHL level. Brad Lambert has a chance at playing center. But where are you going to fit those guys when Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Gabe Velarde, Nick Ehlers, Cole Perfetti, like those five guys are expected to be around for the foreseeable future. And you're kind of running out of spots. And so if you can kind of if you could fill a hole this season, especially number two center, and I think that even though Shifley and Velarde were hurt, seeing that lineup against Toronto kind of shows that they really do need a number two center to kind of solidify the lineup down the middle. I, I don't hate the idea of trading a guy like Colby Barlow in a trade that's that could include a first-round pick, and you're going to get a very high-quality player for for a package like that. So I'll be really interested to see where Chevy goes in all this. Um we got another one, another text coming in that says, any chance Line makes a return now that he appears to be headed on the market? Excuse me. Well, texter, 
I'm glad you mentioned that because I have a little bit of a of a gripe with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And yesterday, Darren Drager on TSN said that, quote, Yarmo Kekalainen, general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, is willing to listen on a couple of big names like Patrick Laine and Ivan Provorov, and there are others, end quote. And it got me thinking, are, are we really sure that Yarmo Kekalainen is the GM that should be making these potentially franchise-altering deals for the, for the Blue Jackets? I mean, that team has been an absolute dumpster fire, and he's the third longest tenured GM in the NHL, and they have nothing to show for it. They've got a couple second-round exits. That's the best they've done. And they're willing to move a guy like Ivan Provorov, who they traded for just seven months ago, and the Flyers were very, very open to trading him. Does that not raise some red flags? And you give up a lot of assets to get that trade done, and now you're looking to move on from that deal? I'm just confused as to what the Blue Jackets' plan is, and they wanted to contend this year, otherwise they wouldn't have made those moves to get Provorov and Severson. And even Goudreau two years ago, that deal so far is not looking too great. I mean, they still have a ways to go, but the Jackets actually had to trade Oliver Oliver Bjorkstrand to make room for Goudreau. Bjorkstrand has 36 points in 47 games this year. Goudreau has 28 and 44. Bjorkstrand has a 5.4 cap hit this year, while Goudreau has a 9.75. That's just brutal. But to answer your question about line, I went on a bit of a tangent there. He... He's been on the block and he's been such a polarizing player in Winnipeg. And it hasn't quite worked out in Columbus. But we did see what he can do with a team that has a lot of talent on it. And I mean, he finished second in goals one year with the Jets. And the only guy who had more goals than him was Alex Ovechkin. And you know what? Since it's free for all Friday, screw it. Let's bring Patty Line back. Is it realistic? Not at all. Would it be awesome? Probably pretty awesome, but in my head, just imagine a top six of Gabe Velarde, Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, Cole Perfetti, and Patrick Laine. Like, oh my gosh, that that top six is probably the best in the NHL. So it's definitely a very, very intriguing thought. But I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna happen with the Jets. I will be interested to see where Line goes just because. It's been such a dumpster fire in Columbus that he hasn't really had a, a stable organization to kind of back him up. So I'm I'm hoping for the best for him, and we'll see where he goes in the future. Uh, we got another texter texting in. We need some more secondary scoring. I, I agree with you 100%. And it's nothing against the players that have played so far this year. They've all done an absolutely fantastic job. But we've seen over the past couple of games that the Jets, they've been struggling to score goals a little bit. Yes, that has to do with the injuries that they've suffered. Guys, they haven't had a completely healthy lineup almost all season. And it's just when you get to playoff time, you need those extra guns in the playoffs. It doesn't always have to be the the biggest name on the market. Vegas last year had the best deadline acquisition and they traded for Ivan Barbashev. They didn't give up much for him, but he ended up having a huge impact for the team. And one thing you have to consider at the trade deadline as well is that, yes, you don't want to make a move where you're overpaying for a guy and you're making a move Kind of, but you also don't want to make a move too late where division rivals like Colorado or Dallas have acquired big name guys and now you're kind of playing catch up and teams know that you're playing catch up so they can kind of they can really grind you down in negotiations. I think it's really important for Chevy to play the market, and I have the utmost confidence in Chevy in doing this, but play the market, make a move at the right time, don't wait too late, don't wait too, don't make a move too early either. 
I agree with you. This team needs some secondary scoring, and I wouldn't even hate secondary defense help either. The defense has been great, but you just come playoff time, you can never have enough solid guys that can pop into a lineup. And we all know how injured guys are playing in the playoffs. So to have those insurance cases is a really big part. Uh, Kyle's texted in the Jets should trade for Mikhail Granlund. Interesting. He's having a nice season in San Jose, signed for another year at 5 million and wouldn't cost a ton to acquire. Need another two, three C slash top nine edition. And then he also, Kyle also mentions Gallagher should get five games at least agree. Would love to see line a back, but probably won't happen. Unfortunately. Also agree. Kyle, thanks for your text. I, I like the idea of Mikel Grainland coming from San Jose. He's he kind of had a rough season when Pittsburgh last year, when Ron Hexel was kind of trying to save his job and he made a panic move and picked him up and that did not end up working out for Pittsburgh, but he's kind of rebounded a little bit here in San Jose this year. He's doing a lot of good things for San Jose. And I agree with you. I think he could be a really good help. I think he could help on the penalty kill on the power play. And I also agree with you that it's not going to take a lot to acquire him. There's also another guy on San Jose who had a pretty solid season last year, but this year he struggled a little, little bit. San Jose's it's tough to gauge a player on San Jose because of their start to the season. What's the locker room like? I don't know. But if you could pick up a guy like Mikhail Granlund and Alexander Barabanov to really bolster, bolster your forward group, I mean, I'd, I'd be all over that. I really would. And I, I agree with you. You wouldn't take much, much to cost. And then you can move some better assets, maybe bolster that top four in the, on the defense, move Neil Pionk down a little bit. Your defense just gets stronger and you're a really solid cup contender come playoff time. So thanks for the text there, Kyle. Uh, we got another one coming in. Cole Perfetti hasn't shown anything close yet to be considered as a best in league top six forward. I think we're seeing that he should have been simmering in the AHL until he was dominant. I I just have to disagree with you there. I'm sorry, but I really think Cole Perfetti has what it takes to be a legitimate top six player in the NHL. And you don't see this a lot with guys who are smaller and don't have necessarily the physicality that some players do when they come in. But analytically, Cole Perfetti has been one of the best Jets on defense forward wise. He's been really strong. And I think that he's really kind of come into his own over the year. And I, yeah, there's going to be some games where he doesn't quite stand out, but I think for what he's doing so far this year, and really he missed a lot of games last year. So it's, he's still kind of finding his way back. I think he's performed awesome for this team. And I'm really excited to see where Cole Perfetti's development goes from here. Um, Let's check the text line again. Oh, sorry. We got a caller, Jerry, Jerry, what's your question today, my man? Hi, I'd just like to know what everybody's thoughts are. If if uh, McDavid uh, hits somebody really dangerously into the boards, do you think players' safety would do anything? I don't think so. I've watched a lot of Edmonton games, and I've seen him get hit, and they run straight to the referee that he hit me, he hit me. I don't believe Connor, uh, that McDavid is a qualified player in the NHL other than a babysitter. And that's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I don't totally disagree with you there Jerry like I remember the Edmonton game against Winnipeg Adam Lowry and Dylan DeMello were all up in McDavid's grill all game and he was he was really flustered like you could visibly tell that he was frustrated so there is that element I, I to answer your question about if McDavid threw a hit let's say similar similar to Gallagher I really hope that it wouldn't play a part who it is more so about the severity of the hit how dangerous of a hit was it that's what I hope the NHL would do. 
now maybe there's a little bit of bias towards the best player. I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to speculate on that, but I would hope that the NHL does what's right and put that bias aside for star players and just judge on the severity of the hit. Thanks for your call. Oh, sorry. Player safety is not player safety anymore. I've I've been watching the NHL for 70 years, and I'll tell you right now, as far as I'm concerned, player safety is not there anymore for the players. It's for the the the, the perfect ones, the perfect ones. Yeah, no, Jerry, I I don't disagree totally with you. I really appreciate appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Two zero four seven eighty sixty eight sixty eight. You can call in as well. Texas as well. To answer your question, Jerry, uh, it's I or, I agree with you that the player's safety isn't necessarily there all the time. And I think it's not just the Department of Player Safety. I think some of the refs, too, that there's some boarding penalties that we're seeing where they're not calling ones that should be boarding and they're calling ones that shouldn't be boarding. And, and there's just a lack of, of consistency around the league when it comes to refing. I, I just hope that we get that figured out come playoff time. I got. I have hope with the NHL and the refs, and it's a tough job. Like that's that's the other thing that we don't really take into account. It's such a fast game; things can happen at a split second, and you take your eye away for one second, you blink for one second, you might miss it. So, I mean, it's a tough job. Hopefully, we see a little bit of improvement as the year goes on. But we're gonna have to take a break. Keep those texts and calls coming. Two zero four seven eighty sixty eight sixty eight. And we'll be right back with more on this free-for-all Friday right here on 680 CJOB. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Tyson Rewicki here filling in for Cam Poitras. Jim Toth is away for today. Loren McNabb is going to be taking over for JT today on the Jim Toth Show from 1 to 3. So make sure to stay tuned for that as well. And it's free-for-all Friday. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that texted and called in. You guys are absolutely amazing. And you make this show a lot more fun. So let's head to the phone line right now. And we got Barbara on the line. Barbara, how are we doing today? Jason, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very good. Thank you for asking. What's your comment today? The, the hit last night that McDavid made on that Chicago player against the boards and then hit him in the head with the helmet while he was still down on the ice was absolutely sickening. And I agree with your previous caller that he is just a big baby. I think it's absolutely disgusting that the linesman, it wasn't just a one-second, you know, push into the boards. This was like a five-second at least situation that took place, and the linesman didn't even, you know, acknowledge that that he should have at least got a penalty out of that, but that was just so wrong. Yeah, no, I, thanks for the call, Barbara. Really appreciate that. I, yeah, it's it's tough, especially... With Connor McDavid, you see sometimes that maybe he does get calls called his way a certain way. It's it's frustrating for sure sometimes, and I, I would like a crackdown on that. But thanks a lot for the call, Barbara. Let's head over to Steve. Steve, how are we doing today? Oh, good, good. Thanks for taking my call. I just uh, kind of a little bit off topic of all the hitting and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I have a kind of an ongoing discussion with a friend of mine about uh, Will Ovechkin uh, surpass Gretzky in goal scoring and. I'm kind of leaning more towards the no, and uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, Ovechkin's like 38. The Washington Capitals are not the same team that they were three, four years ago. Uh, he's only got eight goals this year, and I believe he's, I think Gretzky's at eight, 894, and he's at Correct. 820. 830. So, like eight, so what's that? That's 60, 64 goals away? Yes. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, Gretzky retired at 38. Uh, I mean, hey, the Washington Capitals will say, hey, play as long as you want. But, I mean, his game has slowed down. Ovechkin's, obviously. Uh, doesn't have a lot of the offensive support. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I think he, he won't. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on it uh, from from passing Gretzky's yes. record. Yeah, I really appreciate the call, Steve. Thanks for calling in. Um. This this season, the start to the season for Ovechkin's really put a damper on his ability to hit that benchmark. I still think there's a possibility. Like, let's say that he scores 20 goals the rest of the year in the last 40 games, let's say, for the Capitals, which isn't outrageous for Ovechkin. He could get hot. That that point, he would need 45 goals to pass Gretzky. He might need to play two more seasons after this, but hey, it's like you mentioned, the Capitals will let him play as long as he wants. If he wants to break that record, I think he will break that record, but it may take a little bit longer than we anticipated at first. But thanks again for the call, Steve. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Well, let's head over to Martin for our last call call of the day. Sorry, Kevin. We won't have enough time to get you. I'm really sorry about that. But Martin, what's your comment? Uh, Yeah. Hi, Tyson. Just real quick. Um, Why did bonus, why do you think bonus pulled Hellebuck and the loss to the Bruins? Has anybody asked the question, if you don't pull him, you're keeping the three goals or less streak alive, and they would have broke the Minnesota's record from nine years ago with the one nothing overtime loss to uh, Toronto. I I was very surprised by that. Why? why, Yeah, yeah, Martin, thanks a lot for the call. Really appreciate it. I I get the disappointment that the record's no longer going to be there, but... All in all, I think Rick Bonus has to do what's best for the team at that moment in the game, and his job is winning games for the hockey club. And right there, they needed two goals. I know it. in hindsight, you're probably thinking, hey, I mean, we give up the empty net or who cares? We lost the game anyways. But I think that goes a long way in the locker room, too. It's not just a, a record-chasing motivation for this team. They're focusing on the big picture, and that's the Stanley Cup. So I hope that answers your question. Thanks again for all the texts and calls today on this free-for-all free for Friday. Absolutely love the engagement from our listeners, and you guys are the absolute best. Special thanks to producer extraordinaire Jeff Forche and for Skylar Peters for joining me last minute in the first segment. Keep it clean and have a fun weekend this this weekend. Loren McNabb is going to take you all the way to 3 o'clock. She's filling in for Jim Toth. I'm Tyson Rewicki, and keep it locked right here on 680 CJOB.